Thanks for joining us at Summit Church. No matter where you are at on life's journey, you are welcome here. We are excited to share God's word with you through this week's message. This morning, we're going to do like a little, take a break from the past series that we've been doing, and we're going to do a little sermon called Relationship Reboot. Um, you know, I don't know if you know this, for, especially you guys, just a reminder, Valentine's is this week. Just a reminder there, heads up. You might want to be thinking about that. I lo- what I love about my wife is she came in the other day and she goes, I want to say thank you for my Valentine's gift. I'm thinking, I did not get her a Valentine's gift. And uh, she saw the look in my eye and she goes, it's a beautiful necklace. And she shows it to me. And I'm like, I didn't get her a necklace. What is going on? But I don't know how to respond. And she goes, I'm just playing with you. I, I know you're probably not going to think about it. So I went and bought myself a Valentine's present. So. <laughs> Well, I was going to do something. Anyway, but I just want to give a little disclaimer. Some of you here this morning may not need a, uh, some kind of a message on uh, relationships. Or maybe you're not in any kind of a situation where you feel like the ship's going down and, and that's important to you. Uh, but I do believe all of us at some point in our lives do need to uh, probably um, revisit uh, relationships and what's that about? Not just between our spouses, uh, relationship between our children, relationships in our uh, workspace, in in our community, in our neighbors, and things like that. We're always dealing with people. We're always having relationships. But specifically, though, even today, we want to talk about you know more uh, perhaps the marital type of relationship. Some of you don't want to talk about a marriage relationship. Uh, maybe you're coming out of a divorce and it was very ugly and didn't look good and you're pretty much done with that whole thing. No one ever want to see uh, a person again for the rest of your life. Well, you might need this again still. Some of you perhaps are brand new in a relationship. Maybe you just got married. Maybe some of you are just starting to date somebody. You're kind of all involved. And, well, you need to hear this as well. And so, I, But I don't know where you're at in your season of life, but I do believe at some point all of us can gain wisdom from sharpening our skills when it comes to relationships. So let me ask you a question as we jump into this really quick. How many here have ever had a conflict with uh, your spouse? Raise your hand, high and proud. Yes. If you did not raise your hand, you need to go repent. Or see somebody quick because you are dead. You know what I'm saying? You have just died. Oh, man. So dead people don't have any problems in the relationships. But I, I do believe it's a part of just life, conflict, even if you're not married. It's just conflicts on the workspace and in the world that we live in. I, I, I recall a story. My wife and I, we've been married. and We had three children. They all very small and car seats and all that. And we traveled from Missouri where we live in to visit her family, which is in uh, South Mississippi. And so we were down there having some wonderful um, reunion time. And, and um, uh, we're still struggling, you know, don't have a whole lot of things uh, as far as monetary things in our lives, um, but just trying to eke out a living. And, and uh, so we were down there and my wife's mother said to us, she said, uh, do you all have a dining room table? We said, well, not really. We, you know, I mean, it's no. <laughs> and she goes, well, I have one and I'd like to give it to you. And, uh, and so she shows us this dining room table. And, and we're talking about 
a, a, a real wooden, not this fake wood um, stuff that people have now. I mean, real wood. Uh, I think it was oak. It was table. It was thick, thick legs, and all the chairs were well built and structured. I'm like, wow. And um, he said, yeah, I want to give it to. I, I don't want it anymore. So. And so my wife's like, well, that'd be awesome. And so we got to be thinking, we had a little minivan at that time, and three kids, and, and of course you got strollers and, you know, seats and all that kind of car seats and, and uh, all the suitcases. And, and so my wife said, well, you know, we probably, honey, could take at least the table part and the legs and maybe one chair. That's about all the room we have. And, and I'm thinking, well, you know, yeah, we could do that. Um, but let me go out and check and see what's going on. And so when I looked at the van, I'm thinking, now, I have a flaw, and I'll just kind of reveal that to you for a few moments. My flaw is, if, like, if I go to Walmart and there's 28 plastic sacks of food, I cannot stand the thought of making two trips. I don't know. I just I can't. I can't do it. And so I'll put. I will have 28 bags on my arms, my legs, around my neck, and I will make it into the house with every single one. Milk, it don't matter what Coke, I'll have, I'll get it in the house. I just, and so the thought of driving all the way into Missouri with half a table set, I, I just couldn't do it. I just could I, I said, there's got to be a way. And so I'm just looking at our van, I'm going, how can I make this happen? And I thought, bungee cords, come on. I don't know who invented bungee cords, but I know they're in heaven. I, I they're, <laughs> And I'm going to give them a big hug when I meet them, whoever invented bungee cords. And so I thought, you know, I, this van has got a roof on the top. I can, it's got two little rails. I can just bungee this thing down. So I went and found a piece of uh, carpet and put it on top. And, and I put the, 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 the tabletop on top of that upside down. And then put the legs in the middle of that. And then I started stacking the chairs. And, and, and I'll be honest, by the time you got the tarp on it and all the bungee cords and everything, it did look a little hillbilly, Beverly Hillbillyish. You know, remember Beverly Hillbilly? Granny sitting up in the rocking chair, you know what I'm I mean, she probably would have looked really well on, on that. On that. And so, but I was so proud that I got the entire dining room set on top of the van. And now we're going to have a, a nice dining room table set when we get home. And, and so I went inside and said, hey, I think, I think we got it covered. I think we can do this. And, and she's like, okay. And so I brought her out. I'm so proud. I'm like, oh. And she looks at it, and her face is like, <laughs> she said, I said, what do you think? She said, I'm not going to Missouri in anything that looks like that. <laughs> I thought she was joking with me, you know? Ah, yeah, 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 fine. That was good. We're going to have, it's going to be good. It's going to be, she said, I'm not kidding. I'm not, I'm not kidding in the car, in the van with that up there on top like that. That's crazy. I said, no, it's, it's tight, it's tight. I went and shook the chair. Look, look, it won't move. It's, it's a sturdy, it's going to make it, it's fine. She goes, I'm not going home with that on the top. And about, so I had to make a decision. I mean, she's rebelling, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we got mutiny on the van. And I said, well, we're going to Missouri with that, just like that. And she said, well, you're not going with me. 
I said, well, if you want to stay here, fine, but I'm going to be eating on that table tomorrow in Missouri with the kids. And she stormed back inside. And you know, I have to also say it was kind of really awkward because her family had kind of wandered out at that time. And you know how that is, you know, down here arguing in front of family members and now everybody thinks you got marital issues and so so it's, it's like really a bad thing it was everything was exploding in front of me and I and so finally I just went inside and I started packing things up and I said well you can come or you can go not stay here whatsoever and I packed everything up and got the you know kids and man she was just fired up and I can tell this story now because she's not here I mean it's just I can just I can't tell this story all the time but I can tell it now and so, so, so she got in the van, and uh, of course, you know, you know, I'm just trying to make light. And, hey, kids, come on here! Did you have a good time, Grandma? And uh, she's she's looking out the window. You know, she, I, it's amazing how long a person can look out a window. <laughs> and I, I turn the Christian mu- Christian music on, you know, driving down the road. I, I'm saying to myself, this is a, she's not going to ruin my day. You know what I'm saying? I. And I am right in my, this is a good thing, you know. And, uh, and so she's having her thing, and I'm having my thing. And, and can I tell you, we drove through Mississippi. We drove through the state of Louisiana. We dro- entered into Arkansas. We were coming up to Little Rock, Arkansas. Can I tell you, that's a long time to be in a van with someone that hates your guts. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, uncle, uncle, I'll, I'll drive back now. I'll take it back now. I'll do whatever. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And so we started talking, and she apologized, and I apologized. And, 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 there, and when we did get back home, there was a big old gash in the dining room table from, from the ride. And so, every, so I had to look at that gash for the rest of my life and be reminded of this terrible trip we just had. But the point is, even in your best intentions, you're going to have friction in relationships. It's just going to happen. Everybody say conflict. You're going to have conflict in your relationship. And so I want to introduce to you this thought that is it possible, and I would say it is, to be able to have conflict in a healthy way? Is it possible to um, have a, a rubbing and still come out on top? Is it possible um, to fight and fight cleanly? You know, no, no cheap shots. And the answer is yes. You're going to have fights because you are you, and they are they, and they're totally different than you are, and you're going to rub. And so how do you, how do you live life when you're rubbing yourself, each other the wrong way? Well, so that takes us to the book of Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon. It's one of those books that you don't really read a lot about, full of metaphors, full of analogies and um, symbolism, eight chapters long. Did you know in the book of Song of Solomon, uh, one chapter is devoted to um, how to court your, you know, and date somebody, and one chapter is devoted to um, how to have physical intimacy, and two chapters of the eight are devoted to how to fight fair, how to have a good fight and not kill one another. 25% of the book is about how to fight. And so we're going to talk about how to fight, 
how to fight fair, how to fight clean, and how to do it in an honorable way. So let's look at this. Song of Song, Songs, chapter 5, verses 2 and 3. Bet you didn't come to church to figure out how to fight. I know, I know you didn't, but you're going to hear it. Here we go. It's a good stuff. We're going to watch Solomon, King Solomon, the wisest man in the world, and one of the wealthiest men to ever walk this planet. We're going to watch Solomon have a fight with his wife. Yeah, it's right here. Chapter 5. And verse 2 and 3, in fact, why don't we just read this, verses 2 and 3. This is the, his wife. She's asleep. She says, I slept, but my heart was awake. Listen, my lover is knocking. So, and so she's asleep. She's in bed. In those days, um, the, the, the men, slept, the husband slept in one room, and the women usually slept in another room, another chamber. And so anyway... We find here in the story, he's at the door and he's knocking. And he says, hey, open up, my sister, my darling, my dove, my flawless one. Hey, sweetheart. Hey, I'm here. <laughs> I'm outside here. Why don't you open up the door? And... Then he says, hey, sweetheart, it's raining out here. My head's getting wet. I'm drenched out here. This is in your Bible. My hair has got dampness of night. I'm, I'm getting what can, hello, can you hurry up, sweetheart? And she responds and says, I've taken off my robe. I'm in bed. I'm half asleep. And I don't want to get up. I took a shower, and I don't want to get up and dirty my feet on the way to the door to open it up. Go on. Yeah. She, she flat out rejected the Solomon, the, the King Solomon, the, the, the man of men. I mean, here, here is the king knocking on his wife's door. She was just a migrant worker out in the field before he hooked her up to the palace. She, she was a nobody going nowhere until he rescued her, and now he's knocking on the door, and she's saying, go away. Who does she think she is? He wants to come in and have a little intimacy. She's not interested. She says something probably like this, honey, I got a headache. <laughs> Someone who has a headache that much should go to the doctor. You know what I'm saying? What you, you had a headache last night. I, I know. I'm tired. I'm too tired. Yeah. Am, I, am I relating to somebody here to this morning? Yeah. Y'all like, I can't believe this is in church. We're talking this morning. So what's he going to do? How is he going to handle this situation? What is Solomon going to do? So what he does teaches us a lesson, and here's the lesson. How do I handle conflict? Number one, how do I handle conflict? How do you handle rejection? Number one, do not react, just respond. Don't react, just respond. He's been turned down. He's been rejected. Now, most people at this point would be like, <laughs> you know what? 
I, I'm going to have to show her who's boss. I, you open this thing up or I'll tear it off if it hinges. You, do, or do you know who I am? Do you know what I, I'm all about? I, are, you, are you, and we would bow up, perhaps we would yell, perhaps we would threaten, you know, say things like, you know what, I, there's a lot of women right now that would love to be in a relationship with me, but look at you, and, and we would belittle them, and we would just, you know, we would perhaps storm off or whatever. And, but what does King Solomon do? Chapter 5, verse 4, she's telling us, what he did, she says, and my beloved thrust his hand through the latch opening of the door. And my heart began to pound for him. What's he, what's he doing? He puts his hand through this. They had a little hole in the door. He puts his hand. And, but before he puts his hand in the door, he takes his, his, his cologne, his myrrh. <laughs> come on, his little, you know, his little Givenchy serious. You know, his little Armani code, and he's just like douses his hand with this myrrh and reaches through the door latch and just kind of wipes the door latch on the inside with this myrrh, where it's just dripping. The smell is just dripping. And then he removes his hand. And she, she's like, what in the world? It, what, what happened? He doesn't bust the door down. He doesn't yell at her. He doesn't scream at her. He just, he just goes in and he just basically writes a little love note and just kind of hangs it on the door handle of her door. Come on. Now, this is a guy that just got rejected. This is a guy that just got turned down. This is a guy that came and, you know, wanted to share his love, and, and, and yet and he didn't respond like most people would respond. So that brings us to number two. What, is he, what do you do when you have conflict? You refuse to take the bait. Refuse to take the bait. Do you know the word offense? By definition, means the act of stumbling. So when you get offended, what you've just done, when you... Re- uh, when you receive an offense, so he had an opportunity to do what? To get offended. <laughs> Once you do this, you've just been offended. You know, you've just said, I feel offended. And once you feel offended and you receive that, you have just stumbled. You have just, your walk is no longer straight and solid and secure. You have now stumbled. Another definition of the offense would be to to receive bait or to eat the bait, to take the bait. And, and the enemy always wants to come and he wants to trip you up or he wants you to offer you a bait that will open the door for bitterness and resentment and, and, and hatred or anger. He had an opportunity to take all that bait and to get an offense and, 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 and let her know, well, let me just tell you something. You wouldn't be sleeping in that nice soft bed if it wasn't for me. Let me just tell you, you wouldn't even have a shower if it hadn't been for me. I work hard around here. I can't believe you're disrespecting me like this. Everything you have is because of me. Oh, poo, 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 poo. come on. Give me some love. Poo, poo, poo. <laughs> come on. That's exactly what we do. And he, he refuses to allow his soul to control him. 
He, he, but he decides to allow his spirit to control his soul. Hello? Listen, who's in control? His, your feelings are not your Lord. Your, your wife isn't your Lord. Your husband's not your Lord. Your flesh is not your Lord. Your reputation is not your Lord. He responds to her as if she is, as Scripture says, she's the weaker vessel. When, the, when I say in First Peter, it refers to the, the woman, the wife, as the weaker vessel. When I just say that, the wife is the weaker vessel, I'm not saying that she's like, she's just, she's, she's just weak. You know, she's a little nobody. What it means is she's the softer one of the two men. You're the bull in the china closet. <laughs> and she's the soft one. Come on, the weaker vessel. Not the strong, you know, bully kind of. She's the weak, the soft, gentle, nurturing person. And and so what Solomon does is he, he respects that about her. And instead of getting an offense, he chooses not to take this thing personal. And he covers her rejection with what? He covers her rejection with love. She's inside, I don't want to get out of bed. I got a headache. I'm too tired. I'll just leave her a little love note. I'll just let her know how much I love her. That's all. Oh, see, you got two ways to respond when someone rejects you. You can bow up or you can show and just begin to cause your love just to drip like myrrh off the handle of her door. Isn't that how Christ treats us? Come on. Isn't that how Jesus has treated you your whole life? You, you're this person that, that has offended him and hurt him and rejected him, and he just kept reaching his hand through the door hole of your, door, of your soul and just massaging that handle and saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, which leads us to number three. Handling conflict, we have to lay aside our expectations. Well, I'll do marriage counseling before we marry somebody. I'll spend five or six weeks with them. And the first session, usually out of the shoot, we're going to talk about expectations. And I'll usually set it up like something like this. Sweetheart, let me ask you a question. How come you want to marry Joe? What is it you like about Joe? Oh. I just love the way Joe makes me feel. He makes me feel so important. He makes me feel like I'm somebody that should be loved. And he makes me laugh. And, 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 and so, oh, Joe, what is it you like about Susie? Oh, she, I love the way she cooks, man. She cooks good food. I, I, lo I love it, you know, when... I love the way she makes me feel when she puts her arms around me. She kisses me. I love, I love all this stuff. And, and so I said, okay, now let's just talk about what you all just said. What did you just say? You said you love this person because of the, what they did for you. Is that right? Well, yeah. No, that's what you just said. Okay. And that's what you said. Yeah, well, okay. And can I just say right from the very beginning, if that's what you're basing your relationship and your marriage on and what this person can do for you, you're going to have a hard road to tow. Because a marriage is not built or relationships are not built about what this person can do for you, but what you can do for that person. Well, hello. I'm already up in y'all's house. Come on, I'm right there. I'm, I'm not knocking on your door. I just barged the door down. I, that's what... 
And so what happens is if we have expectations, when we go into a marriage and we expect them to be meeting our needs, which he will never meet, sweetheart, all of your needs, and, and sir, he, she will never meet all of your needs. Uh, it, it, I don't care if, I don't, just sort of Jesus, they're not going to meet all of your needs. It's impossible. They, they weren't made to create, uh, be a person that meets all of your needs. Only one person can meet all your needs, and guess who his name is? Jesus Christ, only he can meet your needs. He's going to fall short. She's going to fall short. There's going to be these moments where you're expecting something. It's not going to happen, and you have a choice if you bow up and get angry or, guess what, manipulate the person. Here's what we like to do, and we're good at it. We say, oh, okay, all right, all right, and so we start criticizing, and we're good at criticizing. You know what? Fine. I don't like your apple pie anyway. Fine. That truck is a piece of junk anyway. I don't never like riding in that truck with you anyway. Or we like to cut them off sexually and have no more intimacy with them until they act right. We how about we quit talking to them? Talk to the hand. <laughs> oh, we we like to yell at them or we like to hang up the phone. Well, fine. Poof. Fine. Slam the door. Fine peel off down the road, fine. You know what I'm saying? We're like, like we're really hurting the person. You just wasted rubber on your tires. You know what I'm saying? We, we, like, we like to talk down to them. Eh, you're a nobody anyway. I don't know why you want to hang out with you anyway. Or we want to guilt them or shame them or compare them to somebody else. Well, my mama would have never. Did you just compare me to your mama? I know somebody in here has done that. <laughs> You're lucky to be alive. Can you, listen, you walk out into a windstorm, you got a cap on, the, what is the first thing you do? You grab your cap and you, you put it down even further, right? And the same thing, when, you, when a person feels like you're trying to manipulate them or you're trying to guilt them or they're, crit, you're, they're criticizing you, what do you do? You say, well, <laughs> You don't change. You don't, you don't melt. You don't get softer. You just become harder. Listen, manipulating and controlling people in your relationship will not ever work. And yet, year after year, you keep trying to do it. It's not going to happen. In fact, what's the Bible say when you've been rejected? Well, I'm glad you asked. Luke chapter 6. In fact, it says, to those who are listening, Jesus says, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those that mistreat you. Sweetheart, I'm in bed. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm in bed. I've got a headache. I'm... Father, I just pray for Susie right now, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Thank you for her. I love her, Lord. I mean, how many do that? Look at this. Pray for those that, 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 that mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other one. If someone takes your coat, give them your shirt. In fact, it says if your enemy's hungry, feed them. If your enemy's thirsty, give them something to drink. And by doing this, you're going to heap burning coals on their head. My question is, if you are supposed to show this kind of love for your enemy, 
don't you think it's possible to love this kind, to love this way and show this kind of love to someone that you're in a relationship with? I mean, if you if you're supposed to love an enemy that way, how much more are you supposed to love someone that you're in a relationship with? Why do we hurt those that love us the most? And so it says, man, just shower them with love. It's like putting coals of fire on their head. Let me show you how this works. So I was in Bible college, and I had a roommate, had a couple roommates, and we just had a good time. But one of my, one of my roommates was just like this like hyper-clean person. I mean, that, that odd couple movie, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he was that clean guy. And I wasn't the dirty guy. I'm not that dirty, but, but compared to him, he was in another sphere, you know. And there was never dirt on the carpet. There was never dust on the furniture. There, his closets, everything was just, you know, everything was. And so I enjoyed, you know, living in, in that apartment with him during those years. But, but he was, you know, constantly, you know, kind of going behind and picking us something up. And he'd do this. You know, you'd carry it to the kitchen, a dish or something, you know, and, and we'd be like, oh, that's just Joey, you know, you just, and, and we, so anyway, one, so I, I was, I was riding with him one day from home from uh, church, and I got into his car, never been in his car, and it, and his car was a disaster. I was like, who is this guy? I mean, I'm talking about, I'm, I put my, get, and there's books on the floor, there's McDonald's bags, you know, um, I, I, my feet never even touched the, the carpet. I couldn't even see the carpet on his, I couldn't believe this is the same guy. He's just an immaculate home in this trashed out car. I'm like, wow. And so anyway, I didn't say nothing, but that Saturday I said to myself, I'm off work and I'm going to go clean his car. So I made, so, so I got up Saturday morning, I got a glass of milk and I watched some news, ate a donut and I put my empty glass um, uh, on on the right there by the TV on the TV stand, and and then just left, grabbed his keys, and 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 went to wash his car. And he didn't know I was going to go detail his car. Let me tell you something. I mean, it's been, I said several hours vacuuming. I don't know how many quarters I went. I like, I it broke the bank. I'm like fries and all sorts of stuff, you know. Every and I'm and this thing is immaculate. I'm doing all this. And so I come home, walk in to the apartment door, and he's standing here like this. And he's got the glass, the milk glass in his hand. Now, he typically would just go like that, but today, for some reason, now he didn't know what I just did. Today, he's like, so what you got there, Joe? He goes, seen this cup before? Uh, yeah. It happens to be your cup, right? Mm, where'd you find it? By the TV. How many times have I said to you, please don't set things on the furniture? It makes little rings on the wood. But no, I'm not important to you. No, I'm a nobody. I'm just your maid in this little apartment. I'm done with it. I am done with it. He goes over and he slams that little cup down on, on, in the sink. He goes, you need to respect me. And he just storms off and goes to his room. I'm like, he has no idea what I just spent my morning doing. I didn't tell him. I, I had to go do my business. 
And so I spent the rest of the day. I come home that evening. He hears the door open. I walk in. I'm going to my room. He goes, JP. And I said, oh, yeah. He comes over. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry. I did. I did. I'm just so me. I was so mean to you, and you were so kind to me. I apologize. Will you forgive me, brother? I'm like, no, please get up. This is this is awkward. Please. <laughs> so he got up, and he goes, "Man, please. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I acted like that." I'm like, "Dude, I, I'm sorry. I acted the way I'm. I'm sorry. I." I'm sorry I, I'm the way I am. I, I need to change. And we had this, you know, cool brotherhood moment, you know, for a second. And, and, and guess what had happened? He had spent the whole day with these coals on his head. You know what I'm saying? My, my love towards him, I didn't, know he, I, I didn't even know I'd messed up. But obviously I did. But my love for him, it, 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 it overtook, and it created within him a repentant heart. Your criticism is not going to change this person, but your love will. Come on, your love will change their heart. We ask our band to come. We're going to close. Um, this, we're not going to get to all five. We'll get four. We'll get four of them. Four is better than, than three. <laughs> so here we go. Talking about conflict. How do I handle conflict? You have to. See, See, sometimes you're like, if I let him get by with that, he's going to take advantage of, that, of me for the rest of my life. I've just got to let him know. Or they will always take advantage of me. And we feel like we have to somehow be, be justice. You know, we, we demand justice because of their wrongdoing. And so, can I just leave you with this point, number four, leave justice in the hands of God. Leave justice in the hands of God. You don't have to be the police. You don't, you don't have to go and make sure that they um, are, are, are receive reprimands and judgment for their shortcoming or the way they've hurt you or their rejection of you or the way they spoke to you. Let, let, let God deal with them. Don't you believe that God can deal with somebody a lot better than you can? See, in that, just that scenario with, with a roommate in, in my apartment. I'm, listen, God dealt with him. I didn't have to deal with God dealt with And guess what? God dealt with me. God will deal with the person that you have an issue with a lot better than you'll ever deal with them. In fact, here's what happens. So, so she gets up. She's like, Oh my goodness, I, you know, what am I doing? I mean, what, I'm, I'm laying in bed, he's been working all day, and, and, and he comes in, and, and I, he just wants to come hang out with me, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm so selfish, what am I doing? And she goes and runs to the door, opens the door, and when she puts her hand, she's like, what? Oh, he, he, oh, I feel terrible. She opens the door, Solomon, 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 and he's nowhere to be found. He's gone. He left because she didn't want to have nothing to do with him. And so she runs, she gets her coat, she runs through the city streets, and she's like, Solomon, Solomon, where are you, honey? Honey, I'm sorry, honey. And the watchmen are, uh, you know, watching.
walking the streets and they're like, what are you doing out here at night? You're not supposed to, yeah. And they get her and they, and they, and they tie her up and, and they bruise her and they beat her and they take her back to her house. She's, she gets back home. Listen, she's in bed because she didn't respond correctly. She ends up getting beat up by God. Hello? God's like, okay, you're gonna do, this is the way you're going to live? Listen, I would much rather let God deal with my, my spouse or my, this, this other person than, than me having to do that. Come on. And so she comes, she comes back home, and she's hurting, she's bruised, she's wounded, she's all, she's all messed up, which leads me to this a very important point. You can write this down. It's not on your notes. Write this down. You can't expect a blessing outside of your home. She's outside of her home looking for a blessing when the blessing had been at her door the whole time. You're on your little Facebook, and you're going, Friends, I used to date him. I used to date her. Hmm. She's looking at their profile. They sure look happy. A lot happier than I look. Hmm. Little, how you doing? Good to see you on Facebook. Here we go. Oh, that was a little God, just a little highlight there. Because we always, what's the, gra- the only reason grass looks greener on the other side is because you haven't been watering your own. The only reason gra- grass is greener on the other side is because they've been filling it with manure. Listen. You're where you're at because God's got you where you're at. There's not a better one for you. There's not a better woman for you. There's not a better guy for you. God God brought you all together, divinely, sovereignly. This is the plan of God. Well, that's what I thought too until we got married. I don't think it's the plan of God anymore. Well, maybe it's because you need to refine some things in your own life. Maybe it's not them. Maybe they're just kind of bringing things out in your life that you need to see that you had hidden all along. Oh, come on, preach it, baby. Mm-hmm. Hello. That's what relationships do. They, they magnify your weaknesses. You never thought you were weak before. You thought you were just a perfect person. Suddenly you get married. Suddenly you're like, why am I angry all the time? Because you were angry all the time anyway. But you didn't know it. And so God uses your mate not to make you miserable, but he uses your mate to clarify and magnify some things that you need to bring to the cross and get right. Oh, my goodness, I wish I could just take this and put it in your brain. And you go home and go, wow. This is so true in so many ways. So this morning, how do do we end that one? I think, I think some of us this morning, maybe you're in a relationship and you've, you've gotten offended in some areas, you know? And this morning, could, could it be that perhaps the Lord is just saying, hey, you need, to, you need to let go of your offenses. And we need to go back to the scripture and see that that's, this isn't the way God's called us to live, whether, 
that's a roommate or a, someone you work with or someone of your neighbors or you're a spouse or a child or a parent, you weren't born to live with an offense. Love them past the offense. And let God heap coals upon their head and cause them to realize, man, what am I doing? I'm being such a jerk. That's how it works. Church, I'm telling you, it's simply, simple as that. Well, it's not simple. Well, it is simple. All it requires is for you to die. Die to your flesh. Die to your own expectations and desires. And give God praise and thanks. Can we just bow our heads for just a moment? Prayer teams, if you would mind coming and making your way up front. Father God, we thank you for relationships. We thank you that you did not create us and make us to be a people that are just supposed to live as an island to ourselves. We thank you, Father, the people that you place in our life. And when we ask you, Lord, here's what we do. We, we need to ask you, Lord, to forgive us for having an attitude towards the very one that you brought to perfect us. Forgive us for blaming them and forgive us for criticizing them and forgive us for talking down about to them and forgive us for trying to somehow get them to do what we want to do. Father, we ask you, Holy Spirit, just to come fresh in our heart and show us how to lay our life down for that person. To love, to love them. If we can if we're supposed to love an enemy like that, how much more to love those that put us in relationship with. And so we're thankful for that. And we praise you for that. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Some of you this morning probably need to, to go home and, and you just need to kind of spend some time with that person that you're in relationship with, that you're married to, your husband, your wife, your spouse, and just say, man, you know, I just need you to forgive me for some things. I want to apologize. Man, just, just be real with them. Watch what God does. Watch what God does. It'll be amazing. It'll be amazing. Amen. 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 Good stuff. If you're here this morning, you've never asked Jesus into your heart, this is where it all begins. You'll never be able to love like Christ loves if Christ doesn't live here. Christ has to come here. So we have some amazing prayer partners here, and they'd love to pray with you about that decision, inviting Jesus into your heart. We encourage you to let them do that, not just hurry off and leave. Maybe you have some needs going on in your life, maybe around you, and we're here to pray. We've seen God do some amazing miracles through prayer here in this house, in this church. We just invite you to be a part of that. Amen? Can we all stand to our feet? Let's do that. You've been so good today. Awesome, awesome church. God is good. He's changing our lives. We're looking more and more like Him every day. Can't wait to see what God does this week. We'll be here Wednesday night. Look forward to seeing you then. Turn your neighbor on your way out and tell him you look more like Jesus today than you did yesterday. Come on. Amen. Bless you. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night.
Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to visit us online at summitchurch.tv or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at summitchurch.tv.